welcome to Queer Reflections, the podcast where we talk about media representations of queer identities, past, present, and future. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and support to this podcast. To find out more and follow along, see at Queer Reflections on Instagram. If you like what you hear, please think about leaving a review on your podcast provider. Welcome to this special holiday edition of Queer Reflections. One of my favourite times of year is Christmas. And one of the main reasons this is, is because I love watching the films that come with this time of year with my loved ones. Every year we make a list of what we want to watch over the holiday season before the big day. And this year we've managed to watch at least one a day so far. Last week I watched one of my favourites from last year, Happiest Season and also the new Netflix film Single All The Way. Both of these films are focused around same-sex couples at Christmas, and that's where the idea of this episode came from. In this episode, we're going to be talking about these films in focus, so warning, spoilers ahead. You can find Single All The Way on Netflix, and Happier Season is available to buy and rent on Amazon Prime like I did, or you can stream it on Hulu. I'm lucky to be joined by my good friend Natalie Wilcox, who featured in episode one of this podcast, who I asked to watch these films for the first time in anticipation of this episode. We have a chat about kind of Christmas in general, queer identity at Christmas, and just Christmas films. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. So hi now, welcome back and thanks for joining me on this special holiday edition of Queer Reflections. How are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Are you looking forward to Christmas? I am. I'm in a very festive mood because I've come to my parents and they have appropriately decorated for the season. So it's nice and festive here. And what's kind of Christmas time for you then? Um, It's mostly just hanging around with my family, which is quite nice. So last year, obviously, missed out on that because we were stuck in, in by ourselves in Cornwall because we couldn't travel for the for the holidays. So yeah, it's it's nice to be back. And my mum does lots of like nice cooking and baking, and she's like she's very good at decorating. And what's kind of like your favourite Christmas or holiday tradition then? Um, my mum makes the best mince pies. That's like her thing. So she starts making them in December, obviously. But yeah, she's she's very well known for her um for her mince pies, and she's been very kind and veganised them for me for me and my my brother. So what what makes them not what makes them not vegan? Uh, butter in the pastry butter in the pastry and also an egg wash um so yeah she's, she's she veganizes them for us okay is there a, a favorite kind of tradition other than kind of food though like something you do as a family so every christmas day my brother and i watch the peep show christmas special that's a cherished on christmas day on christmas day yeah we get together and jack and i jack and i just watch the peep show christmas special ellen and i also we, ellen and i watch a lot of films together my sister that's my sister we watch a lot of films together as well so like we'll watch like love actually or you know one of the kind of classic classic christmas films and is there a favorite one of yours 
Well, Sophie and I actually we went to we with um, one of our friends. We went to go see It's a Wonderful Life in the cinema the other day, and that was really nice to watch that on the big screen. I was going to say, how was that? Um, there's a woman at work who says that she really doesn't like that film because it's literally just "Woe is me, I'm a white man." Yeah, but my, my literally my favorite bit of it, which is it's not it's quite poking fun at it, I suppose, is there's this bit where you know he he's uh, seeing what life would be like if he'd never been born. Like, what would he be like? Yeah, and he he finally goes like, "And what about my wife? Where's my wife?" And the angel goes, "You're not going to like this." She's an old maid. She never married. She's just looking up the life. <laughs> she's just looking up the library now. And they like rush over to the library and she's just like, she, her hair is tied back and she's wearing glasses. And he's like, no. <laughs> Ridiculous. And I think that that's very funny. They're like the worst thing that could have happened to this, this, this woman is she might, she might never have married. Um, I personally prefer the Muppets version. Everyone talks about the Muppets Christmas Carol, but there is a Muppets Christmas film where uh, Kermit's really sad and basically says that he lets all his friends down and then it, they do the whole thing where his life without... Uh, everyone's Muppet life without Kermit and it's really sad. Is Miss Piggy a, an old maid? I believe so, actually. I believe something like that. She's miserable. She's like... Uh, I think she's on the street or something like that. <laughs> But Whoopi Goldberg plays God in it. Oh, that's that's very good. But I, it's not on Disney Plus or anything, but I kind of like that one. But Love Actually, are we a fan? I have affection for Love Actually, but I think when I watch it, it's, it I think it was, it's best left in the past, a lot of it. Like, I think there's there's a lot of really, like, classic nice bits in it, but then, like, you kind of have to take the good good with the bad. Like, like what? What do you think is the bad? Bad. Um... There's the bit where Emma Thompson is wrapping up that um, Barbie, and I can't remember what she says, but do you remember what I mean? She's like... The one that looks like a dominatrix, that one, or the one that looks, yeah. Yeah. A bad line. Yeah, it, it's and it's just like, you know, the like kind of, like the transphobic undertones in that. And I think that there's just, I mean, we know now that there was, there was, there was, supposed, to, there was supposed to be a lesbian storyline in it. So I'm, I feel sad that we were cheated of that. I feel that that's my big, biggest like begrudge of the whole thing is that it's a film that's about kind of so many different types of love. Yeah, it's just heteronormative and... Yeah, I think there are like, I think so Kira Knightley, as you know, was my first true love and so she she's in it. So that that kind of won me over. Um... Well, who's your like favourite story in that film then? Not Kira Knightley's. I think Emma Thompson's is the most moving, like that bit when she's crying to Joni Mitchell, that's so sad. Um, and I think it's quite it's 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 impressive to have like a really sad storyline in a film that is like generally you know it's it's just a very moving part of what's mostly an upbeat kind of fun film. Um, I quite like um, I just I like um, Rowan Atkinson throughout. Like that's not one of the love storylines, but I think I, I think he I think he's funny when he's like foiling Alan Rickman with the the necklace. Yeah. I like the music in that bit a lot. Every time I watch that bit, and I'm just like, the music is done very well. I think that's one of my main kind of jaws to that film is the score by Craig Armstrong. I don't think it would be as strong without kind of those three themes that play. But yeah, I, th I think that's the thing. I really like Christmas films that don't aren't like afraid to go sad as well or like go touching. Yeah. Because that's what Christmas is as well. I don't think that... I think the kind of cheese and... 
we talk about cheese um, I mean like uh, kind of cheesiness of Christmas that's all happy and joyful isn't kind of Christmas to me yeah it needs a bit of pathos in it yeah a little kind of heartache and kind of the representation of that is quite true as well of kind of what this time is for many people and I think that's why I like Wham's Last Christmas is because it's like heart heartache have you seen Last Christmas? Oh, no, 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 I haven't. I feel like you would like it because it feels very British. And Luke and I watched it while we were working in America and we were like, ah, oh, we miss this kind of British Christmas. I, that's one of the things I like about Love Actually is there's a lot of like, you know, like the school, um, the school play and like the Prime Minister, Martin McCutcheon accidentally swearing in front of Hugh Grant. That's probably my favourite bit of the whole film, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So the reason I kind of wanted to do this podcast today is to talk about two films specifically that I, I mean, I watched one of them last year, then I watched uh, the other in the past week and I was like, no, I feel like we could talk about uh, kind of queer identity and kind of these two Christmas films, which are Single All The Way and Happiest Season. What did you think of them? I thought it was really, I thought it was interesting. So I think there there are kind of a few parallels that you can kind of draw between them kind of thematically. I thought, so kind of in terms of enjoyment, I enjoyed Happier Season more than I enjoyed Single All The Way. Why was that? I don't know, I think it felt it felt a little bit more, I think Single All The Way felt very, um, almost like paint by numbers. Like it was a very, for, it was very formulaic. I think that that has its benefits as well. So I don't think that that meant it was bad. I just think I just think I preferred the kind of, I think the humour was was more on point in Happier Season for me. Yeah. So and and I think the um, Single All the Way, which is a really good name, and I was really surprised that no one had taken that before. I keep calling it Jingle All the Way, and then I'm like, no, 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 it's called Single All the Way. That's not what it's called. Yeah, but I thought Happier Season has that a little bit more of that kind of bite to it, and a little bit, yeah, a little bit less sweet, and there's a bit more kind of maybe tension there. And the tension isn't just, should I go with this incredibly attractive person or this incredibly attractive person? Which incredibly attractive person should I end up with? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I felt like they were pitched very differently, which I thought was quite interesting. Like one, and I agree with you, Single All The Way felt very kind of cookie cutter in terms of kind of what it was for a Christmas film. It just felt kind of like a very generic kind of Christmas rom-com, but flipped because it was a gay relationship. Not much rear square as Happy Season felt very kind of truly queer for me. I don't know. It just, and I think that might be because of kind of where they were put. So Happy Season came out on Hulu and I, I, it felt kind of more of an indie film kind of feeling to it than kind of mainstream Netflix. But one felt kind of more independent, kind of natured, of kind of a love story that kind of felt kind of more, I don't know, something I would more usually see on kind of a an indie film. Yeah. What what I would say about the two of them is that so Happiest Season is about something which which face which which a lot a lot of people in the queer community face, right? Which is how is my family going to handle me coming out? How are they going to treat my partner? You know, that that and it was kind of a humorous take on on that that kind of situation or as I think single all the way was kind of like this is something that that kind of had always been taken out, uh, out of the equation so it was kind of it, and I thought that was quite refreshing you know how, how many of these films about straight people get churned out every single year so I think it's quite nice that there was this it where the, the, the problem wasn't 
that the characters were gay. That wasn't the problem. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting difference between the two. Yeah, and it's similar to kind of how Shit's Creek always says, like, we just don't, we don't operate with homophobia. We just want to uh, talk about kind of these characters existing without kind of that layer. It's kind of that kind of thing in Single of the Way, where it's just like, actually, the fact that they're gay has nothing to uh, necessarily do with how they're treated. It's more just kind of... So what was kind of funnier for you about uh, Happiest Season? For me, there was one particular character. Was it Jane? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was so funny. <laughs> just wonderful. Yeah, uh, every scene she was in, I was totally stoked that she was that she was there. I think it was more kind of my brand of humour, like the kind of humour that I look for in film. I think that's why I, I, I thought it was particularly funny. And like, I think it's also, it's interesting, right? Because Kristen Stewart, like one of the, the kind of key criticisms that people have of her acting is that she's like awkward and... Um, you know, it doesn't. It, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. I think that that was absolutely perfect for this for this storyline because, like, the whole point of it was that, like, yeah, that would be an incredibly uncomfortable situation. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I think Kristen Stewart gets a lot of slack for kind of her early performance, Twilight. I think that she has incredible scope. Yeah. But yeah, I, the awkwardness really plays very well here. I think there's a bit where Kristen Stewart is meeting someone, and then she's like, "I'm her." And then she's like, I can't say girlfriend. So she goes, I'm her orphan. I'm, no, I'm friend, roommate, <laughs> friend, roommate. And I was like, I've had so many situations like that where I've gone to say something and been like, abort, abort. Like, don't say that. Say, say what other noun? What's like a noun in your mind that's like near to grasp? And you're like, well, obviously not that. Like, that's not right. And I, yeah, I, I very much empathized with that. And when they put her on that little tiny chair at the, at the, <laughs> at the dinner table and she's like no no this is fine I, li- I like being on the tiny chair like it's good that I'm on the tiny chair yeah I yeah I actually remember turning to Luke um and being like I've been that person where you get handed like the worst chair and in the, in the and it's just awful but yeah very very funny um yeah just Jane in that film just like made me laugh consistently so funny as soon as she presented like that massive the white elephant gift i was like oh no <laughs> what's gonna happen to, to poor jane it was such a ni- nice portrait it was it was really lovely and like the treatment uh yeah i kind of i thought that was quite interesting and i think i, I it's probably the second time i'd watched it i watched it once last year and i loved it more this time and i think it was more kind of um I don't know. I saw kind of the treatment of Jane a bit, bit more because I feel like originally I was just focused on the kind of the main queer relationship, but kind of the sentiment at the end where um, Mary Steinbergen says, kind of like we just gave up on this child, that kind of that hit harder. That I think because I, I more focused on that secondary character and Aubrey Plaza. So good, so good, so good, and you notice the um, the drag queen cameo. Yes, I did, Jinx. Yeah, Jinx and Ben Vakram. Yeah. They were excellent. Yeah, really funny. You're just like stunning. Yeah, just just so good. I thought the casting was really good in general. I thought it was a really strong cast. Dan Levy. Alison Brie. Alison Brie, all really good. Bunch of queer people in that film. And directed by Claire Duval as well. Who you love. So tell me more about uh, Claire Duval. Well, she's in um, But I'm a Cheerleader, which we spoke about, I think, extensively last time. And I just think that she's great. Yeah, she's gay herself, right? I think so. I wouldn't want to, like, bet my life on it, but we can Google it. No, I Google it. Yeah, identifies as a lesbian, came out in 2016, uh, said she was very closeted while making But I'm a Cheerleader. 
is very interesting, right? She's married, unfortunately, no. To who? <laughs> I don't know. It just says she's married. Well, can't win them all. But then on the other hand, what was the kind of appeal of single all the way then? Well, I thought that also had a good cast. Another Shit's Creek um, star. Yeah, I love... Yeah, I love Jocelyn in that. Yeah, what's her real name? Because her real name isn't Jocelyn. Uh, is it Jennifer Robertson? Yeah, Jennifer Robertson. Yeah, she was really good. I thought it was really interesting to see her with smaller hair as well. Um, made her head look a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just so used to seeing that Jocelyn haircut. Yeah, and it, I, it, like, I thought I thought that they both had a really good cast, actually, like a very very funny cast. But yeah, so I think I think the thing about Single Away is that it was very um, kind of formulaic. It it was it was kind of that you, you kind of you know like a, a, a sweet love story, and there wasn't really much drama. Like the drama was all very innocuous stuff. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't well, my parents still love me at the end of this. It was, the stakes were quite low. Will the Christmas pageant go well? Will <laughs> will will I be able to leave my, my social media job? And I thought actually, sorry, this is, I'm going off a bit of a tangent here, but I thought that was actually a very, um, like a, a strong point in its favour was that it was like about kind of a gay couple being like, oh, I don't, we don't want to live in the city. We'd like to have like a nice like family life in 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 the suburbs or like, you know, in, in like a, a small town. And it's not like, oh, I can't, in a lot of gay films, it's like, I can't wait to get out of this, this stupid small town and like leave you all in the dust and then I'll be um, living a good life in, in LA. I thought that was quite nice. Yeah, and I think that was quite a nice commentary on kind of queer identity and kind of, physical spaces because i think that yeah most kind of gay people are like i need to go to the city to i don't know release the shackles of kind of my childhood but it was nice to see something that was kind of the, yeah the opposite of that and return to home yeah do you know what I mean and and to kind of see that because i think that's important as well is that actually not all kind of families present a toxic space for kind of queer identities it felt very kind of welcoming as you said it kind of avoids kind of that commentary on homophobia at all really and they were all rooting for the relationship right like all of them were in on it and they were all wanted yeah they all wanted that the, them to get together in the end which i thought was really sweet yeah and in terms of like performance i thought film on changes i thought he was really good i thought he was great i very much enjoyed his his he was just very sweet wasn't he yeah and i think we don't often necessarily see that kind of representation very often to kind of have it especially like black black and gay i feel like i don't know i feel like that's super i'm trying to think of one and and, and maybe kind of like sex education again i've not seen it yet but i feel like we it's definitely a, i don't know something that i know that it's i've kind of seen conversation about kind of how hard it is to, to kind of be black and gay and kind of like the systems of that. Have you frozen or are you just staring at me? I'm just staring at you. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. It's very interesting in what you've got to say. No, I think, and I think when we talk about uh, someone who, getting a bit academic now, but someone like Bell Hooks and kind of what she said about kind of intersectionality, that definitely sits with me when I think about kind of my experience as a gay man, like the only kind of discrimination I've necessarily faced is for being gay. And I, I always think about kind of the layers of that and kind of, and when you think about like gay, trans and black and kind of the discrimination that someone in that instance must go through. So I think it was kind of nice to see some someone kind of in that necessarily like representation pool be, I don't know, it was just joyful. And I, th I think that was really nice. Mm. 
did you think what did you think kind of I, I the, the thing for me was that I didn't think that the kind of chemistry rang true so that was kind of the, the down downside for me was was that was that it was like I don't believe that you've kind of had this long harbored yeah no I'm with you there I felt like and I think that yeah it that bit kind of felt forced because I felt like the chemistry was there with the other guy until uh, they were like, oh, but you like each other. And then it felt like he was just like ignoring the chemistry with this guy because of kind of the pining. Yeah, so I, I agree with you there. The chemistry didn't necessarily ring true. It rang tr- very true as friends, but... Yeah. Yeah. But then on the other hand, what do you think of Happiest Season and the chemistry between the two leads there? Because... The second time round, I was like, "This woman is terrible." I, well, I didn't, I didn't want them to end up together. I was like, "Yeah, leave, leave, leave the, yeah, she doesn't deserve you." I think that it would have been, you know, the first chance that she had to say, um, "Yeah, it's true." You know, when when she got outed, which is obviously a horrible experience, and and I don't wouldn't blame someone for not not acting um, as their best selves in that situation. But I think kind of um, story-wise, that would have been a really good redeeming moment if she'd gone, yeah, do you know what, actually, I am gay. That is my girlfriend. Instead, she chose to go, you're lying, I'm not gay. I think that that would have been, that would have been a really good kind of turning point. Like, I don't think we needed them to leave, get to the petrol station, have that, no, come back. Like, I do actually love you. I think that that would have been a really powerful. And I think that's what I felt. I remember turning to Luke and being like, it just feels like it's, bit too far gone to be redeemable at that point so quickly in that kind of christmas sense that we have to be happy ending like by by the next christmas morning they're opening presents together like nothing happened i I don't know that you'd be hurt wouldn't you and i think that's what really kind of uh drove home and i yeah i just find her quite unlikable throughout the whole film there's not many redeeming moments and like the treatment at the bar i find really awkward oh my god it's awful absolutely awful yeah and uh, then kind of the attitude the next morning i i don't know i find that quite hard to understand because i think i don't know maybe it's just kind of my moral sensibility but i thought i would find that so my heart i understand why my heart would be like i'm so concerned that this other person is going through this turmoil at home uh do you know what I mean? And I would be like, I need to make it as, as easy as possible for this person who's in the basement room of this house and is pretending to be my friend. Uh, so yeah, to kind of just go out on a night out and then not really kind of acknowledge that turmoil. And then to be kind of annoyed at kind of the whole date with Aubrey Plaza. She should have ended up with Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> Definitely. Aubrey Plaza's performance is just like, I really like it because it's quite muted. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's it's more understated than her other performances and things. Yeah. Because I, I know her very well from Parks and Rec and kind of, you know how much I love Ingrid Goes West. Um, she pl- she plays crazy quite often, doesn't she? Or like not, like kind of, um, yeah, like her April in Parks and Rec is, is not, um, she, she doesn't fit in with the rest of the, the cast. Like she's very, she wants to do her own thing. She wants to have her two gay boyfriends and do like weird, creepy things and, and set up portraits of live knee surgeries and stuff. Like she's not, she doesn't fit in. Whereas in this, she was very much like, yeah, she was more of a, a kind of a, a more realistic character, maybe, I suppose. I just, I, and very kind of like sure of herself to not kind of have to shout about it, which there's, again, there's nothing wrong with shouting about it, but it just felt very, she felt very comfortable being who she was, but very muted 
very understanding of kind of to go through that turmoil as at school and be treated by, like by your other half like that is uh the premise of that sounds terrifying like the amount of kind of queer people who go through it without their other half kind of turning on them yeah so kind of being thrown under the bus like that to kind of see that performance and yeah we kind of kind of forgetting about kind of the the parents themselves though. What what's kind of your opinion on the parents in Happier Season? Well, they were just a bit, you know, awful. Um, trying to think, I'm just trying to think about them now. So like, I thought, well, I so obviously at the end they kind of have that the, the turnaround for the the dad where hmm. he's asked if he'll accept the money for her to do kind of a don't ask, don't tell kind of agreement. And I thought that it was good that he obviously didn't go along with that, but. Yeah, I mean, I just thought that they were, I don't know. I think when we think about, like, or often when we portray parents who aren't kind of comfortable with their kids coming out, they're often kind of quite, you know, uptight or, you know, emotionally repressed in some way, which I don't think that these characters were portrayed as, you know. So I thought it was interesting to kind of, you know, portray another side. But I I don't know, I'd find it really hard to, if my, if even if they, they did think it was my roommate, if I brought home my roommate and my mum acted like that, to someone who she thought was my friend, they'd be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. So I think they were just kind of bad people in general. So there was kind of a bit of a turnaround, wasn't there? They were just at the end, they were like, you just now have to accept that these people are now good, good people. Yeah, it, it comes quite quickly. And I guess that's because it's a Christmas film. Yeah, maybe. But what did you think of um, Jennifer Coolidge in Single All The Way? Single All The Way. I Does she have the appeal that kind of she has to most gay men? To you? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, so what, what's your opinion? What do you what do you think about what do you think about it? I just find the the the, the delivery of her lines and the cadence of the way she says it is so captivating. You know, when she's still on the stage and she says like, "From the outside, there's nothing special about," and then she pauses for so long, which goes, "Mary," and it's just like fantastic. And I just find that is such a talent to. Do you know what I mean? Just to have like the, the skill to kind of deliver something in quite a unique way. And I watched kind of the making of and kind of seeing how she worked and how it took her quite a while to get to the, the delivery she wanted to get to, which I found really... She's kind of like Catherine O'Hara as Moira Rose, like that kind of like just being able to say a sentence and the sentence itself isn't funny. Like anyone could read it, but it's the way that they deliver it, yeah. Yeah, and I, I so I find that really captivating. Um, I've not seen her and kind of the stuff I've been recommended recently because I uh, I was speaking about kind of the film at work and I was saying everyone should watch this I kind of want to have a conversation about it and then they were saying that I should watch uh, is it White Lotus that came out this year? I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, The White Lotus which is a HBO series and apparently she's very good in that and uh, also some early films that I don't know I feel like you may have seen um best in show yeah i love best in show best in show is so funny have you not seen best in show no i've not seen best in show but you do know and um Catherine o'hara in it as a couple again and i i think that's why i was like oh maybe i should watch that you absolutely should it's very funny it's a mockumentary it is a mockumentary i love mockumentaries you like mockumentaries as well i do like mockumentaries yeah i should watch that but i i think i would recommend that definitely okay so my old jane lynch is in it too yeah it's a really good film very funny Jennifer Coolidge just to have that kind of the delivery is always good. What do you know her from? What's kind of if you think about her as an as an actress, what's kind of the first thing that comes into your head? Not, I mean, I was going to say not to be gay, but uh, a Cinderella story is is the one that kind of sticks out uh, as Hilary Duff's uh, kind of stepmother. Okay. Very good in that role. I know her from kind of uh, the terrible epic movie. 
uh, epic movie, terrible kind of scary movie-esque film. Have you seen Epic Movie? I don't think so. It's kind of like of the same ilk when, when we went through that phase where all that came out was parody films. Yeah, so it, it was that and it was based on Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Pirates Caribbean um, and like X-Men. And I believe she plays like a mystique role. Okay. I believe she's mystique. Um, it's very obviously cringy, very uh, outdated, super outdated now. And then I remember seeing her on Two Broke Girls. That's probably kind of the... What about Friends? Do you remember her in Friends? Oh, when she, yeah, when she feels like a right art, the yeah, arse. Like. Right arse, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to catch me on my mobile. Don't call me on my mobile. <laughs> yeah, I remember her from that, but not probably the stuff that I should really... Oh, she was in Date Movie as well, so she was kind of pulled as that kind of comedic character a lot, but I feel like I need to go back, and I feel like she's really kind of, I don't know, reaching this like peak. I've heard the White Lotus was like incredible. So I need to kind of have a look at that. Uh, I feel like we're failing to mention Kathleen and Jimmy as well, of kind of Hocus Pocus fame. Luke didn't even realise that she was from Hocus Pocus. I know her very well from Sister Act. Yeah, she's really funny in Sister Act. Just amazing in Sister Act. Um, but what did you think of kind of that representation? I thought she was great. Well, I, I, there, was, there were bits of single all the way where it just felt really forced, like when she kept saying like LGBT. LGBTT, my LGBTT book tells me not to. Yeah, but I know I thought she, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed her performance. Okay, um, it, just because it's suddenly uh, come into my head, talk to me about that reverse shot that you are frustrated with. But there was just like a random bit where he was like running to me. Did you, have you watched it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I remembered it. Is it when he like drives past the car and he's like, oh, that car's. That's the car. And then they, yeah, they're like, wait, that's his car. And he does like this reverse, like parallel park. I was like, why did you include, like, they must have been covering something. But that was, that was the first thing that I messaged you about when I watched it was why did they include that random shot of him? Like, because they had, they had to think to film it as well, which is what blows my mind. If you think about like, they were like, it's really important. They probably had to cut something else to get that shot. That's your like director head head on. What did Sophie think of that? The shot? I don't think she even noticed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sophie just spent the whole time going, oh, who's he? What's he been in? Oh, that, is that... Oh, what's she been in? Um, and then in the end, I just went, just look it up, look it up, look it up. Just look it, please just look it up. Just use, you have an app on your phone and it will tell you who all of these people are and what they've been in. And then, so I was reading out, I think it was the dad. She was like, oh, what's he been in? And I was like, I went to his IMDb page and I was like reading out all of these like really big films. Rocky Horror. Yeah, I was like, all, but all of these really big films I was reading and she was like, no, I think he's in one episode of Scrubs where he has erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> and then she she made me scroll back to like 2007 to confirm like yeah he was he was in one episode of scrubs and she was yes he was uh fantastic yeah he's from rocky horror as well i watched um trixie and cartier they did a watch of it you know they do queens like to watch on netflix and they really ripped into the film they hated it i don't think they hated it well obviously they're paid by netflix as well so i i don't know but they were just like oh this is like the cringiest I, they really to be fair there's a there's a there's a lot to make fun of and they just i think they just really love jennifer coolidge um and and kathy knew jimmy um and then thought the rest was kind of i think they really i think if they hadn't cast them it might have been a sinking ship maybe and it's michael yuri isn't it that's the lead's name i only really know him from ugly betty 
And that's only because Luke's uh, maybe watched it recently. Um, do you know from anything else? No, I'm just looking now to see what else he's in. It, I've not. I don't think I've seen any of these things. Yeah, I only knew. I I, I watched Ugly Betty kind of when it first came out in like the mid 2000s. So I only watched the first couple of seasons. So that's all I knew him from. Speaking of Ugly Betty, though, I was reading about you know the the queer character in Ugly Betty, not not Michael Yuri, the um the like kid. Yes. Uh, the kid called. I'm looking it up now because I'm gonna forget characters. Uh, oh yeah, his name's Justin. Justin Suarez. Um, and I was re- uh, reading about how much he like hated being that kind of queer representation. It came out recently. I think it was in like a an article I read the other day. It, Is he straight? No, he, he's a, like a gay kid. Um, but I think kind of maybe the treatment of kind of maybe in the show or kind of how the outside world kind of treats those characters in the same way that kind of the the kid from School of Rock was relentlessly uh, bullied and then kind of internalised homophobia yeah uh, and has only recently kind of come out and it's just interesting to kind of see how that like femininity gay is kind of treated like that and I thought that was uh, just an interesting article I can't remember what the article was called but it was about kind of how much he kind of is only just getting to the point where he's comfortable with who he is because of kind of that role Mm. yeah I can see that but we've also we've googled uh, well you googled and we found out that there was quite a few kind of Christmas films released yeah for like gay Christmas films but I I think it was the happiest season was it was on the IMDb trivia for that the happy season because I can't watch a film without reading the IMDb trivia. That was the only one. The happy season was the only one which was slated for theatrical release. And then got pulled back because of uh, COVID. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. I think. I think that they. Yeah. They, were, they said there were three. I think three other ones which were kind of made for TV, which I haven't seen. Was one of them called The Christmas House? Potentially, they had kind of Christmas. So I, you know, you know, um, what's his name? Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls. The, the yeah, hair pushback guy. I know that he was in a Hallmark one last year, where I think there was three couples and one of them was a gay couple. What do you think about kind of this kind of arrival of kind of gay stories at Christmas? I think it's good. I just think like this is the thing about Single All the Way. Like, I do I think it's a cinematic masterpiece? No. Do I would I necessarily even tell someone that they need to watch it? Like, no, I wouldn't. But is it important that we've got? we've got our own crappy Christmas films. Yes, I think it is. Like, you know, um, I think, I think that that's, I think that's good. I think that we all need our own crappy romance, like rom com films. I think that's good. I think it's an important part. I watched so many rom-coms when I was growing up. I love rom-coms. So yeah, I think it's really good. What do you think? I, yeah, I think the same. And I was thinking for so long, it felt like gay love stories or kind of um, queer love stories were only really took place in kind of art cinema or within kind of spaces that were, I don't know, we think about like Brokeback Mountain and kind of that story only kind of in kind of high, high art cinema. You know, I don't like that term though. Um, So it's nice to have something that is kind of just throw away do you know what I mean? So I, I like that. And that's that's probably why I liked Happier Season before, because it felt like a midway point between kind of those stories that we have seen kind of queer representation in and kind of the pure Hollywood cheese that is kind of single all the way. So I, I think that's why I did kind of like Happier Season more. Whereas I think Luke, my partner, definitely felt like he preferred single all the way more because it is that kind of 
holiday trashy film that we've kind of grown up with in terms of rom-com so i think there's a real kind of benefit to it and it's weird that we kind of we look at kind of gay and queer stories so much in kind of this kind of art space rather than kind of we hold them to a higher standard we're like they have to be <laughs> they have to be shot beautifully and they have to be like oh i left the cinema really thinking like yeah i, I think i'd agree with that i think i think the thing about single all the way is it's very much you know like the snl parodies of hallmark christmas movies like if the the plot to that would would was almost verging on the point of this could be if you describe this on an snl this would be a parody yeah definitely um, and I think that that's nice. I think that that's, you know, I think we deserve, we just, yeah, we deserve, we deserve nonsense films as well. Yeah. I mean, before, before that, was there any kind of gay representation at Christmas we can think of? No, I think, I feel like it, maybe it would be like a kind of, you know, gay best friend sort of situation potentially. Okay. So there's some, there's some films, Make the Yuletide Gay from 2009. I don't know what that is. Have you seen that? Is it actually a gay film or is it just kind of... Is it a porn? I don't think it's a porn. Oh, it's like The Happiest Season, but with gay men. It's on Amazon Prime. So maybe you should watch that. Holiday Heart from 2000. Holiday Heart follows a drag queen named Holiday Heart as he takes a drug addict, Wanda, and her daughter. And then the sentence just ends. But I think that... Oh, take, sorry, takes in a drug addict and her daughter yeah and i think that might be the thing is that maybe because of streaming services now we are getting them in front of us yeah there's not it's not just made for tv or um theatrical release we have that kind of halfway house and like netflix or kind of uh i mean i watched happy season on amazon prime uh, because of kind of the promos i was seeing from the cast that i love but these kind of big streaming systems are kind of putting money into kind of queer stories as well and also kind of promoting them whereas i mean this this single of the way could have easily just like slipped on like all the other films on netflix that don't get kind of top billing yeah so i've googled i just googled um gay characters in christmas films and like all of these articles are about um single all the way yeah so i think that's kind of it's kind of landmarky if you think about where we're going to end on that um i asked you to watch kind of this the santa youtube clip that's been going around in terms of kind of the norwegian postal advert kind of gets some really good praise but also kind of some homophobic backlash what sort of uh what do you think of it um i think it's really cute i mean like we every year we have like we have lots of ads of people falling in love it's like straight people falling in love I think it's cute. It's a cute little love story. I think the main criticism is that people are saying that Santa's straight and Santa's got a wife. I mean, lots of people have wives who aren't straight. Like, lots of gay... Like, do you know what I mean? Gay people have married. Yeah. And also, this is... I can't stress this enough. Santa's not real, so... (laughs) We can do whatever we want, do you know what I mean? If If we decided tomorrow like santa's 20 foot tall like we can make that true because santa's um fictional and it's not like he it's not like he's harry potter do you know what i mean we don't we don't take all of our truth about this character from one source he's an amalgamation of things and isn't it isn't it true that like he didn't have a red coat until it was in some advert yeah i think it was coca-cola advert or something wasn't it yeah something like that when they were just like now he wears a red coat and no one was like no he, he wears green he does not wear red like this you know it's, yeah just not what it's not worth getting a tiz about is it 
And I also think when we when they're like leave sex out of Christmas, and I think about kind of the representations I remember seeing was all like uh, Santa Baby. Yeah, I was just about to say Santa Baby. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like super sexualized. Yeah, and no one's no one's getting in a tizz about that, are they? Um, no. Yeah, I don't know. Does it, does it? I just don't. Does it hurt anyone? No. If you don't, do you, you don't want your kids to think that Santa's gay? Like, okay, show her, show your kids everything else about santa show your show your kids every other show your kids just the coke advert on repeat if that if that makes you happy yeah no i'm with you there do you ever think you would make a christmas gay film yeah why not i i i'm i'm i love christmas yeah i'm a big fan i've got very like yeah i feel like i've I've always had very happy christmases i think it would be nice i think it'd be nice to and i think you know i think the really really paved the way set, set set it up nicely yeah i think i'd like to I think we can, yeah, let's, let's make one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, now I'll let you go and enjoy your Christmas holidays and hopefully, uh, COVID permitting, I will see you at New Year's. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Um, take care. See you in a bit. I hope you enjoyed that special holiday edition of Queer Reflections. It's really nice to see that gay holiday films are becoming more well known and I would definitely check out Happiest Season on Hulu and Single All The Way on Netflix. It's a really, really enjoyable set of films. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast, please follow us over on Instagram at the handle at Queer Reflections. This is an ongoing podcast, so if you are interested in getting involved, please private message me on Instagram or feel free to get in contact however you wish. I'm always looking for people to interview for the podcast, so if you are interested in talking about your relationship with queer media, please, please get in contact. Wishing you the happiest of holiday seasons. Have an amazing time. Have a restful time and I'll see you in the new year.